Well, guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Beards, Brews, and Bros. I am your host, the man from Moss River, with my co-host, the man who never sticks to plan A, but always sticks to plan B, Mr. Byron Moss, and also, without any other further delay, and our favorite little man, the man who lives and resides in the Enchanted Forest and prefers the term the height-impaired dick puncher, Mr. K-Rob. The fuck? That was weak, dude. <laughs> Very Come weak. Come on. That was... I, that was, that too, was you're trying to be too smart for your own good. Come on. Oh, bullshit. oh my god, dude. I, I, come on, man. That's the what, best you come up with for me. What is said in Angels in the Outfield? Less is more. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I've a, I, I think I have officially reached my dad's status of my jokes are no longer funny. I will accept no, that. No, your your jokes can't be funny. It's just I've heard everything possible from you, dude. You've got to come up with new material. Well, if somebody lived in the same town, I w- it would be no brainer. <laughs> oh, We've so known each other, <laughs> so that's the qualifier. We have to live next to you. No, well, I'm no. just saying because uh, there's daily life things there. Like you got to think about all the things and whatever we did when we were in the same area, and there was always more potential to roast because it's like you were just literally a drop away. Dude, we've known each other for how long? And you still well, I mean better. Oh, hell, I mean, that's fair. I'll give you that. I'll agree with you on that. Like, we're going on 18-plus years now, dude. Come on. <laughs> to be fair, Byron, like I said, you've established yourself enough where I can't quite roast you on other things. The only thing, like I said, I can attack you on is previously experienced things or, you know, little tidbits there. It's not like I see you every day where I can be like, well, hey. Well, I think it's fair to say, like, you really can't attack me much without attacking yourself because you were involved in 90% of my bullshit. <laughs> to be fair, I will give you that. To, to be fair there, like I said, that one I thought was going to be pretty ritzy because I was like, yeah, he's always on plan B. But I mean, yeah, the fair <laughs> assessment there. I should have said something more along the lines of, I'm always there to hold your hand whenever there's something sexually discretionable about you. I mean, I would probably agree with you there, but yeah, he's not wrong. I think I've just been desensitized to you. I think After you have while, too. You become you become numb to his nonsense. Yeah, you're still not quite well, there I mean, yet. <laughs> you're, you're, like I said, you being the heightened pair dick puncher, that was probably a, a prime thing. I just like imagine you being like this little gnome dude coming out of the forest. But you know, the only other sad part is Byron, we never have to worry about you growing a beard. We just have to worry about you continuously growing pubes on your face. Uh, I'm gonna get you some not, you're, frick. You're not wrong. I can't your facial hair. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we can obviously I mean I'll donate you some Rogaine. See if we can help you out there too. Going back to your roast on Kyle, I just I sit here imagine him like using somebody's dick as a punching bag, a little mushroom. You bag. absolutely cannot. Speed bag and make a pause. <laughs> why the hell? Why the hell would you eat, would you even? Pause. Well, here's the thing: you can't beat tits because we've already had that evidence put forward that you get punched in the face by a pair of tits, you get a black eye. <laughs> Once again, stop telling business. Yes, that, <laughs> yes, that happened at my senior prom. Yes. Oh. So the dark. dick is the obvious thing that you can probably. Fair enough. It was dark, folks. It was dark. Hey, tits in the face is better than than no tits in the face, right? Factual. Kyle, how was that barrel full of tits that you missed when you fell in there? <laughs> it, they hurt. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. I think it's time we get back on track. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, you know, here's the thing. It just takes me time to warm up, to casually dress you down in a formal fashion. <laughs> so Byron, since you're the mastermind of this week, why don't you tell the folks what they've won? Well, folks, you have won our lovely nerd news. We got some amazing things in store for that one. There's been a lot of stuff uh, gaming-wise and just in general uh, released this week and uh, lots of different articles we've looked at, so it's going to be really exciting. We're also we're gonna be talking about one-hit wonders from the 90s and 2000s. I think most of us out there can attest that there was a buttload of just, they came out one good song and then nothing else after that. Also, we're going <laughs> yeah, to poetically wax about the different books and book series we grew up on. Kind of give you an idea into like what kind of helped shape us and like what kind of our, shape our interests. And I, I, I'm really interested to hear a lot of what Jared's got to say because, again, known this guy for 18 years. 
This man barely picks up a book unless it's got music notes on it. I've never seen you read a book. There, man, the, the, I'm uh, at my shelf right now. It's nothing but music theory books and comic books. Don't get me so, started. So the uh, the general still out there. Can Jared actually read? <laughs> that, you know, inquiring <laughs> minds want to know simply because I once again I've never seen you read a book. <laughs> And then we have our lovely retro rewind where we uh, wax, wax again poetically about old nostalgic commercials. And oh boy, there's some oh, juicy ones. Man. Plenty of that, plenty of or earworms that still get stuck in your head to this day. So yes. that's going to be a lot of fun. Excited to, to uh, talk about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is just another little jaunt down memory lane. And folks, this is what we enjoy doing. We just like to talk about the shit from times long forgotten and things that used to be the norm. It was something. It definitely was. So I think, honestly, let's go ahead and adjourn to the nerd news and get this shit on the road. It's, I mean, it's what people come for. They come for the news. It, they come for the news. Exactly. Pause again. Well, guys, welcome back to the most fabulous nerd news corner where we graze your beautiful ears with knowledge and power in its own sort of way. Knowledge. Leading this. Yeah. Power. Not so much. Knowledge is power, motherfucker. School <laughs> house rocking the house. Exactly. So, Kyle, why don't you leave the battle cry this this wonderful day? Well, for well, we're going to start with a game that I'm extremely excited about, and uh, you know, you guys know uh, outside of our man Matt Whitworth, I am the biggest Sonic the Hedgehog fan. You know, and yeah. we're getting Sonic Origins to drop in June. And Sonic Origins is a visual remaster. It's still going to be 2D of Sonic 1, 2, and Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and Sonic CD, which some people say is the greatest Sonic game of all of them. And it's going to be... Now, Now there was a big of a, bit of an issue from fans wondering, why, if I have already owned this game in the past, because you can, you can individually buy those games on Sonic Mega Collections back in the day, or individually, I happen to own Sonic 3 and Knuckles by myself on my Xbox 360, got it for probably $5. This entire compilation is forty dollars, and some people are wondering why on earth is this? Are, are you charging two thirds the cost of a full price game for four games that I could have gotten dirt that I could get dirt cheap or even for free online? Exactly, exactly. And now I to, I totally get that. So it's forty dollars, and the deluxe edition is going to be forty five dollars. The set date, set release date. <laughs> is June 23rd, and, we'll, and it will release across all platforms. Now, your guys' thoughts on... Now, th once again, this is going to be a great compilation, a definite blast for the past for Sonic fans like myself and many others. But do you think it's worth $40? I don't think so. Man, like, it's kind of like people, how they were talking about the Cowabunga Collection and Shredder's Revenge. They didn't feel like that it was worth the $39.99. They felt like it should have been a $29.99 game. It's kind of in that same category. My, my opinion on that is, like, a lot of those uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, like, they weren't ever put up to the higher platforms, were they? No, that we've never. this is the first time we're getting an anthology exactly. on uh, a current console. It's just, yeah. to steal something from your thing, Byron, you're, I, I saw the wheels turn over there. It's kind of comparable to Resident Evil 4, the way it's been prostituted out in the way. I don't think Sonic really has been prostituted out, but, like, I guess I understand why they would charge the price that they'd have for uh, the Calbunga collection because, like, again, most of these games haven't moved up to these more current platforms. So, like, I get that. But these Sonic games have been out for years and have been up on different platforms, like more current recent platforms. Like, I think it's a little bit overpriced. Well, I mean, they've been on, so for example, at least with the Nintendo consoles from the Wii, you had that available on the Wii, the Wii U. Now it's available on the Switch with emulation. I mean, you obviously have it where you could buy the collections on, like, the PS3. You know, when they had the Sega collections, you could purchase. I mean, I, I, I get the whole thing of you're reskinning something. It kind of has that same feel to me, like, say, prime example, the DMC HD collection. It kind of falls in that category for me. You're pretty much giving me a repackaged product and pretty much going to say, hey, for this work we put into this, this is the labor. We're going to charge you this. 
I mean, do you guys kind of see it that way? I mean, that's really what it looks yeah. like. It's just a repackaged product. Yeah, yes, with game. some with some new added features in it, but essentially they're still the same games. Yeah, you're but, just getting well. Well, kind of like think about it too. Like you remember when we got Turtles in Time reshelled? You remember how bad of a reception that got? And it was kind of the same thing. Upscale graphics. You could either go with the original animation or with the new animation they gave you. Uh, yeah, absolutely do. And that game bombed. It was in its so, universe, and it's universally panned. Oh yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it just for the nostalgia of TMNT, but a lot of people just couldn't get past that because it was the same issue of like, well, you made it available for a limited time, you put a high price on it, it's what we got. Like, if the Sonic Collection was like maybe twenty five bucks, like I think it's a lot more reasonable priced. Because again, it's, it's nothing. I would new throw twenty nine ninety nine on it. To be fair, that's a little bit high. No, I mean, that's the average of what those games go for. Anytime you get, like, a collection, like, you know, the Street Fighter fighting collection, that's twenty nine ninety nine. Mm. I still think like, 25, 25 is probably about where it should be. And I'm, I'm good with twenty nine ninety nine essentially, because it's half the price of a full AAA title. So that, I'll, I'll, accept, I'll accept that. Me. But I, here's the thing. It, it, it might go down later on in life, like, like a lot of things do. Hopefully it's not like a limited run where it's like we're gonna only put it out for a limited time and then never see it again. Well, that's kind of you know, how they did reshelled. That was the same issue. It's it's not healthy to do that. <clears throat> like it's a you're it, like you're kind of pigeonholing people into buying. I get it. Try to get these games sold and try to make money, but at the same time, it's like you're forcing your customers at this price to buy it for a limited time. That's kind of how a robbery. I mean, my thing is, Sega has so much more in their catalog. I mean, we could honestly, what was the game, Nights for the Dreamcast? Give us a little bit more of that and give us some other titles that are in their catalog. Uh, like, yeah. I would love I would love to see, you know, even them make a deal with Capcom, be like, hey, let's do a Power Stone collection like they did with the PSP. Let's do, also, you know, something else. You, you know those, like, uh, the retro, like, uh, Sega, like, mini mm -hmm. consoles, like, had, like, the massive library on them like yeah, yeah. For, the, for the price for about the price you're paying for like those games you got sonic one two three plus like 50 other titles yeah you got like golden x one and two you got uh what was it altered beast as well yeah. on there yeah it's just a, a massive amount of games on that and it's again for also the exact same price if not less <laughs> so again my, my opinion on that is just i, I think it's, it's way too high costed right for what it is well, think about it like this. It's no different than what the Switch is doing because, you know, when they did the expansion pack just to get access to the N64 emulation, and I know this is going to chime into what you're talking about in a little bit, and the same thing with the Sega Genesis emulation, it's it's kind of that. you got to pay for this tier to be able to have access to these games that existed on another platform that you previously may have paid for, yeah. and you're not making it available. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. <sighs> it well, is folks, what it we're is. gonna leave it up to you. What do you think? Do you think do you feel that the Sonic Origins co co collection is overpriced, or is it just priced just right for essentially four classic games being giving getting a fresh coat of paint? Let us know um, on all of our platforms. We'll be definitely want to know what you have, what your thoughts are on the matter. Guys? I think somebody's dialing into that inflation machine. Ugh, let's not talk about that. All right, so guys, what do we got next? I'll jump in well, here. Go ahead, man. So there was a leak reported that, again, as uh, Jared said, kind of what the emulations for the uh, NES, uh, Super NES, game uh, N64, and Sega stuff, Nintendo has leaked that they're going to be adding the Game Boy games onto the Switch. And I'm personally a fan of this. Like, there's a lot of old Game Boy games I would love to see get on uh, the Switch and be able to play again. Especially if they add the GBA games. Because I know me and, me and Jared had a conversation about this. Like, we would both love to dive back in and play the Golden Sun games. Because, like, they were a big part of mine, his childhood. Absolutely. I love mean, and then also the fact of being able to play online together with Pokemon and all these other games that would be available. Because, honestly, for once in our lives, Nintendo is actually listening to the consumer. Exactly. Although I don't, again, I'm still skeptical that they're going to add the Pokemon games. I know a lot of people are hoping for it, but it's a, I, I, 
Pokemon is one of those, like, I can see them not adding there. Well, look at it this way. So you know how they have, like, their special edition games on there for, like, the Super Nintendo and stuff, where you can go back through, for example, like the one, like I was playing the SP version of Metroid, well, just original Metroid, Super Metroid, and it's like, oh, well, you get to start the game out with all the upgrades. So, I mean, it could be the same thing. Like, they could even work something out where you can nuzlocke and do different things with it. Because... They will, the, the thing is that Pokemon, Nintendo will never do that. Like, as much as a lot of PokeTubers out there would love to see them actually add a feature in where you can randomize it and nuzlocke it easier, it won't happen. I mean, nuzlocke's I not hard see to it do. happening. Uh, no, Nintendo's already straight up. Like, they don't, they're never going to add it where you can randomize the game. Never. As much as I would love it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm excited either way, regardless of what we're going to be getting. Obviously, mm -hmm. the concern I have is what we're going to be starting out with. I know, obviously, we're probably going to get Advance Wars. We're going to probably get maybe Golden Sun 1. Golden Sun 2 will probably come later. We'll have, like, you know, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. We'll have some pretty decent titles. And then, of course, you know, we'll have, like, the Donkey Kong Land 1 and 2 and 3. Probably probably. Have, probably have and, of course, Legend Super Zelda Mario Link's Land. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Yep. And I hope when they do the Game Boy, they'll do, like, the color ones, too. Like, you guys remember when they did the DX versions for the Game Boy Color? Not familiar. No. It's pretty much where they upscaled some stuff and redid a few things. Gotcha. They, How would you like, pin on this? Go ahead. I don't really have much of one. I'm not familiar with the, I'm not familiar with this hardware. You know, guys, no, I don't own a Switch. I'm <laughs> um, just, you know, I'm, I'm more so uh, just sitting on the sidelines and letting you guys take the air on this one. We're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to rectify this at some point in time when you gotta get a switch so we can play some stuff. Cause like, I would love to get online with you guys in Smash. Well, I mean, that's the thing. The Switch is very user friendly on that, and there's so many games coming out now that Kyle, like, you know, you've got TMNT. That game deserves to be played on a Nintendo console. It just will not feel right if it's free. not. No, absolutely, because I, I, I know, like, we had Hyperstone High so Genesis, but when you think TMNT retro games, it's NES and Super NES, and that's mm -hmm. it. I completely agree. So well, that, that's, that's it. That's it for me for the minor news. See, I'm going to go off the beaten path. Y'all have been down the game lane. I've just, I'm going to talk about a new piece of equipment that's entered the market. We're going to talk about the Yamaha Revstar. You know, it, it's got kind of a little bit of a Rickenbacker kind of feel to it, you know, kind of, classic car motorcycle kind of curvature a little bit and kind of takes some abstract liberties from like i said the rickenbackers but it's got more of like the classic humbucker and you know a lot of people are giving some really solid reviews of it because you know what this is a really good time to be a musician because there is tons of good affordable gear out there coming out and tons of stuff that is being made that is reasonably high quality but at a decent price for the working musician and this is another one of those cases where we're seeing that. Nice. I'm all for making like music equipment affordable because like you can never have too much music. Oh no, you never can. I mean, honestly, well, correction: I, I, too much good music. That's that's an established answer there that I will grant on that. My big thing is you obviously, if you're a musician, you're always constantly buying gear. You know, each thing has its own unique tone. And, you know, once you find your wheelhouse of tones that you stick with, it's in the same way with gear. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of gnawing at the bit to see when some of these guys are going to kind of get on the same bandwagon as these game companies. And they're going to be like, well, what's, you know, we already started seeing some of the nostalgia and equipment coming out, like with, you know, the fuzz pedals and stuff that Gibson has came out with from the maestro side of things. And then the fact that we're seeing a lot of these retro guitars getting remade and made more affordable so people can get their hands on them i mean i'm ready to see the amp market kind of just blow up i know right now we're kind of in a weird spot because one obviously we've already said it the beauty of inflation and everything talk about else inflation. we don't talk about inflation oh come no, on y'all no, stop no. that stop <laughs> <laughs> what i say i saying you don't you're not tired you're tired of hearing uh that song is your daughter not playing it left and right? Actually, no, not in this house. Not my choice. She, she I mean, we haven't used to watch Encanto. You need we haven't watched it in that. a while here. 
I'll tell you honestly what kind of earworm that's been in my ear here lately. You guys know that song, Puppy Dog Pals? No. It's on Disney Disney Junior, but you guys listen to it. It's just, it's very synth heavy. And I swear, like some of these songs they put in these kid shows, oh my God, instant earworm, like the hooks. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's what you have to have. Get that hook. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's sad that the cartoons of our, the younger audience are getting that versus the cartoons that are more towards, you know, middle schoolers and early high school don't have those hooks. It's more <laughs> of like a ADHD fever dream for them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my news for it, guys. I mean, I'm just excited in general that, you know, we're starting to see a lot more availability of stuff. And, you know, yeah. I, I hope, honestly, we keep it steady. Yeah. Like, steady good stuff is always better than, like, periods of just nothing. Well, it's not like in the 90s and the early 2000s where gear could either be crap or god tier. And then I mean, nowadays, it's kind uh, of like, oh, you can throw, you know, some of these brands that used to be notorious for cheap product that are now like, oh, they're producing really good shit. If only the game industry would follow suit. Well, I mean, it takes a like-minded individual to step in and take the helm of these companies. I mean, obviously, one one company that's really in trouble still right now at this point is like BC Rich. I mean, they've lost a lot of the other people that pretty much used to play their guitars. You I mean you've got like Carrie King from Slayer that no longer is sponsored or gives them business. You don't have like freaking Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. You don't have Jackie Vincent from Fallen in Reverse, formerly Fallen in Reverse, guitarist pretty much endorsing their guitars or, you know, Dean as well. Same way. Dean's kind of in the same boat. And that was kind of, well, actually Dean was Dave Mustaine and Jackie. Carrie King was with BC rich. They're kind of in the same boat though. It's, it's more or less where it's like, okay, uh, we're, we're, we're fucking up when we're making our production of guitars. Both of them pretty much are sharp pointy guitars of death to be truthful. Hmm. But that's the nerd news, folks. Let's move on with this shit. If I sit on this too long, I'll be talking about music all goddamn day. Yeah, I know. We need to check. Yeah, you got to be checked before we lose. The show goes off the rails. That or he started talking about himself. We're asleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) God. No, I'll put you all to sleep. If I start throwing out like, oh, this this guy here does this. And all of a sudden, oh, I lost the audience and I lost the guys. (laughs) (laughs) uh all right who's ready who's ready to jump into this next topic oh let's roll man i'm I'm ecstatic for it i mean i'm I'm ready to go ahead and lay down the law about some one-hit wonders (laughs) i'm excited to hear some stuff like kyle's probably gonna say that you and i would have no clue of no i wouldn't wouldn't say necessarily granted we grew up a little we all grew up a little differently and i'm older so you know i've experienced more and heard more one-hit wonder garbage but yeah i'll go ahead I'll throw one out just to get it started. Come on now. Uh, you guys have heard the song. You may not even know the name of name the artist, but the song, I Wish I Was a Little Bit Taller. We're going to go the hip-hop route uh, by Skilo. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller, you know? That was a that was a cla- that was a hood classic, but that guy fell off that the That sounds like your anthem, man. <laughs> Actually, no, because being short has its perks. How you doing? <laughs> Uh, but you know, you also have guys like like right said Fred, I'm too sexy. Oh my God. What about those mesh shirts? Those dudes were wearing in that video. Was it, uh, was it Millie Vanilli or whatever? No, they had more than one hit. Their issue was they got caught lip syncing. Yep. (laughs) Well, yeah, the guys that were actually for the band, they were just pretty much models. They had no talent whatsoever. Did you ever see the, uh, the interview where like they came out and said they were lip syncing and the, uh, reporter said, we wouldn't actually hear you guys sing, and when they sang, it was bad. Oof. Yep. No, I haven't seen horrible. that. But I can imagine that's a train wreck. Oh, it was. Well, a train dude, wreck. they were just po- they were just poster boys at that point, man. They just yeah. were guys with a look, pretty faces. That's it. Now, I want to give a yeah. shout out to the people I work with at Store Two Sixty Seven at Web City Walmart, uh, who who came throughout some uh, suggestions for us to mention tonight. One of the one of the most popular. Uh, choices that I heard was uh, Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground. See, that, I would not have, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. 
That that that's because like you know that you know that song every time you hear it, but you don't really think much about the artist. But really, that was their only big hit. Yeah. Dude, I work with a younger audience, so I had stuff coming at me like, hey, baby, hey, baby. Oh, Hurricane Chris, yeah. Hurricane Chris, and then talking about Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's mom. Yes, oh my yeah. god. Oh, come on. That, that's every, every teenage boy's wet dream song. Or American Hi-Fi, Flavor of the Week was another one that freaking hit. I'm like... Remember that one. Uh, the, the one that stuck out for me was Blue by FL65. That play that has played at work at least twice this week. Yes, well, like, and I get tickled every time it plays. Dude's another one. Daniel Powder had a bad day. You used had to hear that song day. everywhere. Or what about that Goite guy? The just somebody I used to know. Oh god! Oh god! Literally, like that was now that that's that's a breakup song to the max back in the day. No, uh, just no. Okay. That's a that's a that's a no. tough one. Also, oh, I got another one. Reliant K, be my escape. Reliant K wasn't a one hit wonder, dude. They're like, dude, they're at like yeah, every they were. Christian concert thing, you know. So, dude, no. when they finally broke out to mainstream, that is a one hit wonder. I'm counting on the Billboard charts. I'm not counting it in like getting a goddamn Mirth album. What about? <laughs> I, I got one for you. Who remembers going to Skate City and hearing Mambo Number Five? Blue Bacon. Oh, oh God bless. Yep. I was in sixth grade when that song hit, and it was everywhere. It's still everywhere to this day. That's that opening beat hits. You're just like, yeah, uh, uh-huh. uh, you just can't so help but bop it. Here's a couple other ones. Uh, one of the most universally panned songs uh, that you could call one hit wonder, but it's a low key classic. Aqua's Barbie Girl. Oh, <laughs> come on, Barbie, let's go party. Oh, I got one for you. It, it, anything Chris Gaines. AKA Garth Brooks. <laughs> ah, okay, very clever on you, sir. Very, very clever. I got another one, man. Uh, bitch by Meredith Brooks. I'm a bitch. Oh, I'm a yep, yep. Classic, man. Yep. That's I, I, that's generally uh, a good song. I enjoy that one. I, I got I got one for Kyle. Crisscross by Jump or Jump by Crisscross. Uh, though they had oh, a second damn. hit. I miss, I missed the bus. Try again, man. Try again. But, but that's a good one. But like, obviously, nothing topped or came close to jump, jump. And remember, when you listen to Criss Crush, you got to wear your pants backwards. <laughs> hey, Kyle, I got one for you. Throw some D's, rich boy. Rich boy selling that. Uh, throw some D's on that bitch. Mm, yes. I, you know, I don't know much else what he did afterwards. I'm sure like he probably had some like some local hits, but like mainstream stuff, yeah. Uh, throw some D's was a heavy. It was it was a heavy hitter, no question. I, I've got one that's a little controversial because I don't know if I would consider them one hit wonder, but I really yeah. only know them for really one song, Ocean Avenue, Yellow Card. Dude, uh, okay, yeah, um, Way Away by Yellow Card. Away Away, and I was like, but it wasn't the same thing though. No, and then I was thinking it like didn't have, it didn't it didn't reach the same heights. But, well, I was thinking uh, lights and sounds though too, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that uh, album. I had that album. Trapped, headstrong. Oh, oh yeah, no, that's a def- yeah one hit wonder. Definitely, they're still ma- they're still milking the crap out of that one song to this day. Oh, oh dude, Kyle, Kyle, for us. Jared was adamant that this was a one hit wonder. I disagree. Cyclone by Baby Bash. Baby Bash was not a one hit wonder. I don't I don't know that one. Cyclone. I don't. Oh wait. Run the lyrics by mommy real quick. Like, uh, you'll have to look it up because I, 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 uh, I never mind. I know the song you're talking about. Uh like Baby Bash had a couple of other good hits. Okay, but it wasn't to the hype of that though. Is my whole thing. That's what that's you know, and I kind of agree with Jared's uh, measure. Of did did anybody did the artist have a, an, any other singles that reached that level of success or anything close? Dude, and I, I'm gonna say yes to that one. All right, then then we got to throw Bow Wow's basketball in there because Bow Wow didn't have anything nah, close. No, 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 that's ridiculous. Now, let's see. Yeah, I mean, Bounce With Me, which was off of, um, I believe, Big Mama's house. That was before, like, he did Like Mike and shit. And then when he grew up and he had the song Fresh As I Miz with Chris Brown. So, no, nah, definitely not a one-hit wonder by no means. Okay. I, I got I to gotta address the elephant in the room. Now. I got to address the elephant in the room, guys. There is one thing that I believe in. I believe in a thing called love. Okay, now that definitely is a one-hit wonder. 
That <laughs> absolutely is. I I've got one. Beautiful Go Girls ahead. by Sean Kingston. Sean Kingston. Yeah, there's a, there. I, I'll, I'll give you that one. But you know, we're forgetting one of the big the big Mount Rushmores of one hit wonders, Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> oh God! you forget dude, that, I, dude. Dude, I thought about hand. I I forgot about Handlebars by Flowbots too, dude. I completely forgot about that one. Uh, Jaquan Tipsy. No, 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 no. Because Hood Hop goes harder than Tipsy does. I love Hood Hop way more. But yeah, well, which, one, main, which one? In the mainstream you? shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, tattoo. All the things she said. Yep. I love that song to this day. And going back to the thing of like like preference, like because you kind of got to take that into consideration. Because like uh, Jared mentioned earlier, uh, who who the dogs out by Bahamin? Oh, that's like, no, question. no question. But they had uh, like uh, I can't remember the name of the song. They had another hit that I really enjoyed. Uh, there's like move it like this. Mm. Like uh, it was a really it's a bop of a song. I enjoyed it, but like it's more known for who the dogs out. I don't know. There's some of the stuff, like, dude, if we were going to go in the same measurement of things, I could literally throw Good Charlotte on there. No, you can't. Yeah, think about it. Bring up, okay, what is the one song by them you literally, it hits you in the head immediately? Well, the anthem, obviously. But Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yeah, but it's not in the same tier, though, man. That was the hit off that album, was the anthem. It was literally in a game. It was in the beat, uh, Elite Beat Squad game. There's so many things that was on there. And I'll tell you another one that's kind of in that same tier. Simple plan. I'm just a kid. The simple plan, like they've been consistently you know, good for a long time. Nothing well, they had like that. addicted though, but nothing to that tier though. Forget another one if you want to talk about only one a band having one single reach, you know, elite status in terms of uh, tr- in terms of um, attention. Some forty one's fat lip, dude. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've got one for you. You guys might not even recognize this one. Roll to me by Dell Amitri. Who? Who? Uh. D L space A M I T R I. It's also called Roll to Me. I, if I, I got a song you guys I, don't even know, I'm shocked. I've got another one for I you, Kyle. This is, a, this is this is this is one that's going to really kind of pick your brain. So let's let's address another one that's kind of in that same tier. Let's talk about Papa Roach. What would you say is probably? I can only really think of one song off the top of my head. That now. Is, Watch yourself, because there's an old college friend of mine that you know would absolutely put her foot up your ass for speaking ill of Papa Roach as such. I'm not speaking ill. I'm just saying that they had one that I can literally think of that reached like super up on the ladder. You could definitely say that. uh, I'm sorry. Have you heard of Hollywood War? Yes, dude. (laughs) Nothing is wrong with you, motherfucker. You left the one that they literally hit gold on. Scars. I mean, Scars is their iconic song, but like. Hollywood horror is freaking like it was up there. Like if you go to Dude, a Papa Roach I concert, would... if you go out to a Papa Roach concert and be like, and like everybody out there is gonna Hollywood horror. Dude, everybody. the one I most think of that's had the most exposure in media was probably Last Resort because I remember it being in Jet Li's The One. I remember it being in a couple other different. So, so my, and then so the next the one, like, obviously, the guy. And you're also you're also forgetting getting away with murder. Yes. And the song, dude, that sounds big up, though. Which was actually used as the theme song to Monday Night Raw for a little while. I was gonna uh, say that. Also, so, uh, kicking the man. teeth. No, I'm just saying that it's not. I could give you between I, either I, Last they, Resort and between Scars. I mean, th- that's like the two that I remember them hitting like the top. And of she loves me not. Dude, that didn't hit as high though. Like, I mean, that you're, you're saying these ones that have like obviously will stick to us because one, it It'll was the time they came out. In that genre. Well, it's the time period though, too, dudes. Like, those, think those, about it. I mean, yeah, but like all those songs, like Pop, call Pop Rush a one hit wonder. That's that's blasphemous, sir. I'm not calling them a one hit wonder. I'm saying that it's in the category of just like they have a couple of songs that they're notable for. Talking like uh, yellow card. I'm not calling them one hit wonder. I'm just saying they have like two songs that I can like uh, distinctively go to. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can say the same thing about a band like Drowning Pool. 
Exactly. Bodies. Anything else? <laughs> Sinner. Yeah. Love that song. And that and they're also featured in Jet Li's The One also, which is another reason why I love that movie so damn much. Soundtrack kicks ass. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... I mean, there's so many different qualifications. I mean, there's people that don't get that one-hit wonder status, but then it's like, what happened? I, like, I, you, I think we captured lightning we're in a bottle. For, we're forgetting a, a really, really big one. Oh my God, Becky, look at her butt. It is I was, so oh bad. I was going How to. How do y'all not forget? Baby got back. I mean, I figured we'd eventually get there. I figured it'd I, come out of your mouth, though. To be honest. Well, naturally, uh, as it should have, but geez, y'all weren't even thinking about it. I did not like, think about that. Sir Mix-a-Lot. I mean, we were going to get there. And Tone Loke's Wild Thing. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I've got I've got one for you, Kyle. One of the, the biggest, like, one-hit wonders of two, like, 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Soldier Boy. Oh, cracked up, Soldier Boy. Uh, he he had a few other ones. Uh, Kiss me through the phone was another one. Uh, um, but I, he, he's I, he's known for that one song more than anything. Byron, else. I, I don't think he's not really a one hit wonder though. I feel like that's the same thing like we were talking about with Papa Roach and like Yellow Card. They have like they're one more song that's known like, for one song, but they had more than one hit. Correct. It's kind of like the Plain White Tees. Hey there, Delilah. Yeah, that's the one song they get known for. But the other song that they hit the board with was "All That We Needed." Also, but with Soldier Boy, and by the way, that song turns fifteen this year. Makes me very sad. Two thousand seven, but that's more known for the dance and the beat. Because Lord knows, Duke can't rap or make game consoles. Nope. How many? How many? Why is it with like a lot of like good like? club songs just have to be uh one hit wonders what is what is with that you know i honestly i honestly can't answer that it's you know it's not so much a blink and you'll miss it they're like uh what we're going to talk about in the rewind where uh where classic commercials that just get their earworms that get stuck in your head certain songs although they may have been the only major hit an artist had gets they get stuck in your head they become part of pop culture and they stay somewhat relevant or they just linger if you think about it long enough like crank that soldier boy would you consider well, uh, it's a club the, anthem the, man would, would you consider cupid shuffle a one-hit wonder uh, as a one-hit wonder i don't even know who did, i don't even know who did that song but that's that like that's i think that song was solely made for clubs and weddings CeeLo green CeeLo ain't, ain't no one-hit wonder artist, but yeah, he's known for you know a couple of songs. But you got to listen. Well, who did the Cuban yeah. Shuffle though? I'm trying to think who did that. You know, I'll I'm gonna put up right now because I have no idea. because I've I've never thought about who actually did that. Um, the artist is called well, Cupid. Oh, okay then. Okay, 2007. <laughs> so that song turns 15 years old as well this year. God, I feel old. Guys, I vote we put the nail in the coffin and we go ahead and we venture on to the next thing. Let's go ahead and smarten up the audience to some of our literature choices. I'm back excited. in the day. Yeah, let's start with let's start with Mister Who I don't read. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I read, I but it's got only curious as to what you read because I've never seen you pick up a book. So, are you wanting to know what I read now, or are you wanting to know what I read? Oh, no, what did you? No, no, growing up, grew, well, growing up, dude. So we're talking about is the books and book series that like were, like were a big part of our childhood. I mean, honestly, I read a lot of like Captain Underpants. I mean, I dove into that shit. You needed pictures. Well, I enjoyed the flipperama. <laughs> anything with some good art in there. It was honestly better at looking at anything that the teacher put in front of me. God damn. And then I. Obviously, I enjoyed a lot of like the Hank the Cowdog series was good. God, uh, series I, of unfortunate that was events. So good. Uh, what else was there? I mean, I enjoyed like the classics like Rumblefish. Uh, holes. You can't forget holes, holes. was oh, another holes. one. I mean, it had to it had to hit my interest. Uh, another one was Demon in My View. I mean, I enjoyed a little bit of the more of the darker stuff there. Uh, I used to read a little bit of Lovecraft stuff like end of eighth grade, going into late ninth grade. You know, like Call of Cthulhu was like the first one I read, which was fantastic. And then Lovecraft in general, like, was, like the lore is so detailed in depth. 
oh, it's fantastic. It's phenomenal. But I enjoyed like those style of storytelling. I mean, honestly, if I had to read for an assignment, yeah, I read it. But I really didn't read much unless it was something that piqued my interest, just mm-hmm. to tell you the truth. And I mean, even to this day, I mean, I read a little bit of stuff. I mean, the last book I read was probably I had the collection of Lovecraft. And then aside from that, I picked up my uh, like Zelda like dictionary the other day of like items and things like that. And then otherwise, most of the time, gents, I'm literally looking into a music theory book. (laughs) That sounds more like it. What about you, Kyle? I'm really curious to know what you grew up on. Oh, well, considering that I was kind of like a reading savant as a kid, there was a book, just to start from the beginning, there was this book about the King of Elephants called Babar. And, I remember Babar. Okay, Babar so I read that book to, well, my mother had the book in her hand, She and I read it to her from memory backwards. <laughs> That's frightening. A little bit. I but I I love reading as a kid, especially because my mom was raised. Her mother was a school teacher, in uh, in Poplar Bluff at the uh, Wheatley School. I'm sure you guys know where that is. But and in those times, yep. it was the segregated blacks only high school. Uh, so my my grand my mother's mother taught there, and education was always very important. I loved reading, so I would read books like uh, the Five Chinese Brothers, uh, love the Magic School Bus series, yeah. Maniac McGee. Yep was one of my absolute favorite books, if you guys ever remember that one or have, or have heard it of it. sounds familiar. I think I've heard of it. It's, I it's remember abs- that. It's absolutely worth reading. Uh, I love, Honestly, I liked reading because the school had them in the library. The Garfield books, where it was just a, a, a compilation of slides. Yes, I remember those. I, like, I love like reading the, those. The compilation of like the different comic strips. Like They, they had uh, uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and uh, Hobbes and the Peanuts, man. But I, I enjoyed reading those. Also, the Miss Nelson is Missing books were just absolute childhood favorites. And I can't wait to read those to Michelle one day. I think that, uh, that's... Amelia gonna... Bedelia, my dude. Yep, Amelia Bedelia. The most accident-prone maid on Earth. Those those were <laughs> yeah. just... It, it was a lot of fun to read. And I and once again, reading is always going to be fun. And it's um, not just that. Like, reading really expands your vocabulary. Absolutely. Like, you're gonna see words you didn't even know were existed. Hey, one I'll of the be honest with y'all. Go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Now one of the one of the cool things is that my mom still has the same library of books that my uncle Carl gave us when I was young. That included that includes books like Mark Twain or by Mark Twain. We got Tom Sawyer at the Tom house. Martin. And um Got around the world in eighty days, which I actually I remember reading. I was about nine when I read that. The one I could not take down was Moby Dick. I, I could not read that. It was just I, much. I, it was too. I've heard it's very read. dry. It's like it's how it's like worded. Like how it's like uh, set up. What is really different and weird. I had I had well, a lot of trouble grasping grasping that book as a kid. Well, but, it's archaic literature even in our time of growing up. But all I was gonna say earlier was most of the time I spent my time in an art room. To tell you the truth. Yeah, you did. I remember that. Like uh, in like uh, seventh, eighth grade, you were in uh, Mrs. Bader's classroom like all the time. Well, yeah, because I mean, I had like they got to the point where they were literally just making up art classes for me to take. But what I noticed for what I noticed for children is that a lot of a lot of kids don't like to read if they feel like they're they feel like they're being obligated to do so. I. And, I, I, I mean, we had reading lists and stuff. It just uh, also uh, were you around, were you still like going through the AR program, or do you remember that? Uh, no, I, I we did that when I was in, when I was and in like like how uh, like uh, how teachers would like say you have you had to get X amount of points each quarter. Mm-hmm. And you yep. had the books and take the take the computer test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember those absolutely. It still exists actually. My sister does it over chaffing. Yeah. She has her little itinerary there. It's not as extensive as requiring them to reach a certain goal, but you know, they have a thing of a reward system in place if they do choose so. But there is re- required reading still that you have to take. Yeah, I was I was unfortunately the kid who teachers let set their own goal. Like, Some I, students I, are trustworthy to do to to do that. Uh, no, like my my fifth grade teacher, uh, she was like, uh. 
oh, you like blew through your goal of 25 points. Uh, how about 50? I said, can I try for like 75, 100? Are, are you talking about Miss Hefner? No, I had Miss Kingery. Oh, Miss Kingery. Uh, well, I had her for science, though. Yeah, but she was uh, the fifth and sixth grade uh, reading teacher. Or yeah, the fifth, know, uh, fifth but... grade. She's fifth grade. Uh, but like, no, like she was like, looks shocked. I was like, I wanted to go that high. And when I hit it, she's like, whatever you want from here on out, it's yours. Because, like, uh, me growing up, I was much more into, like, the fantasy uh, genre. Like, I, like, I grew up reading uh, Harry Potter, like, in fourth, fourth grade. Me and my other classmates, we were competing to see who could get through the fourth Harry Potter book first. See, that's where you lost me, just because I read the first book, and that was it. I read all of them, and as I got older, at the, our local library, I helped out with the Harry Potter nights. Because... Uh, shockingly enough, when uh, my hair grows out a bit, I look like a very young Daniel Radcliffe. I've never seen you. Yeah, just with pubes on your face. That's okay, though. (laughs) Well, it's a shame. But uh, uh, since I helped (laughs) out there and whatnot, and because the kids really bought into it, look like Harry Potter. The question, is that where you pick up your unsuspecting victims back in the day? Was it the library? No. Whoa, bro! Come <laughs> on, man. Uh, but I, because I was getting good with the head librarian, because it helped out. I think I got like the last three books for free. Like I never paid for the last three bad. Harry Potter books. It was it was great. Um, but like I read the Harry Potter books. I read uh the Harry Cycle. I read Aragon and all them. Uh, what else did I read? Uh, I read all three of the Artemis uh, Fowl, man. Oh yeah, Artemis Fowl. God, that was such a great series. Unfortunately, the movie was garbage, but that's besides the point. Once again, that's, sometime we should address terrible movies made from either A, and I books, that should never exist. or we should talk about, or talking about things that never should be adopted from animes and turned into movies. Yes, that's, that's just Kyle, you know what that, I'm talking about. <laughs> Adaptations that should never exist. But uh, on top of that, like, uh, like I also want to read. I my dad really got me into an author called called Mercedes Lackey. And uh, oh my god, the books in the world she like she had a bunch of books that kind of tied together, but were like were like three book sets for stories in this like world. And it was great. And for me to this day, like I have a goal right now. There's a series called Red Wall by Brian Jakes, author. Right, rest in peace, Brian Jakes. He died like 2010, but a fantasy world where you've got like the woodland creatures are the good guys, and like like my squirrels, moles, hedgehogs, all of them they're the good guys, and then you have a whole world of like rats, weasels, ferrets, all them the bad guys, like stereotypical kind of setup like that, all like a uh, medieval setting. And like, it's, hmm. it, I am to this day, I am trying to get a copy of every one of those books. I'm maybe a third. I remember those. I but remember for, a shout out to an old uh, classmate. You remember Nathan Pratt. He used to, he had yes. a full set of those books. Yep. And I, I was, I remember he was a cool guy. Like, uh, I remember me and him. Uh, we I think we battled one time playing Golden Sun in uh, band class. Yeah, he was one of those ones, and that was the sad part. Whenever he decided, "Hey, I'm not going to high school. Fuck that." I'm I mean, do, <laughs> do you blame him? Like, he's a great guy, and like, he was smarter than most of the people at Twin Rivers. Like, I'll tell you one guy. Smart. He wasn't smarter than he wasn't smarter than Nathan Lindsay. You remember that motherfucker? I do not. That dude came in. He was just a guy that pretty much came there to go to eighth grade, and then he was like gone and went to Popper Bluff, and more or less turned around. He, he used to chap Nathan's ass. He had some of the best like scores and shit. It would crack me up. Us all playing that, and I, I couldn't tell you how many times I got to watch those two like play chess and like him <laughs> take him to church every time. Oh my god! But like, definitely, it's like a lot of us seem to be like for us, we definitely were the. Like we all seem to really enjoy like the fantasy and like adventure genres. Yeah. Although one book I tried reading and I could never get through it was uh, Dracula by Bram Stoker. Uh, Stoker. Once again, it's it's kind of the archaic literation of the book, you know. Oh, well, Matt cut in for a second. Did, did you guys never read the Goosebumps books? Oh God, oh, I, I forgot about those. Oh my that God, just, that just occurred to me. Like, how do we have not mentioned the Goosebumps series at all? And that or, was a staple of elementary school. Uh, animorphs. What was the what was the animorphs? Uh, yeah, animorphs kids? Are so cool. Which one? And we, we we discussed animorphs in a previous episode, uh, talking about anthropomorphic uh, uh, 
creatures and, and characters in the 90s. But those books were excellent and oh, yeah. really well read or well written, I should say. Mm-hmm. But, dude, the what's it called? Yeah, the Goosebumps books, R.L. Stein, not just the TV show. Goosebumps was a way of life for oh, a good while. Oh, yeah. Like Monster oh, yeah. Bud, Phantom of the Opera. That's how I first heard of Phantom of the Opera was through Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the say the say cheese and die series within Goosebumps. Yeah, say cheese and die again. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Do you remember the Percy Jackson series? I've heard. I I'm not. I've never read them, but I'm familiar. Just think of uh, essentially this author created a whole series uh, based around uh, the first series is based just around Greek mythology, set in modern time. And yeah. how he wove the stories together was great. And he's done a series involving the, uh, the combining, combining the Greek and the Roman gods together because essentially they're one and the same. Uh, did one on Norse mythology. Did one on Egyptian mythology. All set in modern times. And That's pretty fucking cool. Yep, and we're going to get a, ser- uh, a TV series on it too because the, the movies were not great. Ass in the bucket again. I hate to end on a low note. But I wish we would have ended on Goosebumps. But now, guys, you know what time it is? Uh, what time is it, Jared? Tool time. You'd bet your ass it's not tool time. <laughs> it's time to flash back and to rewind into our retro rewind segment. And I grow more gray hairs. Thank you. Oh, exactly. This is going to be... All right. Well, I figured, when we're rewi- I figured while we were rewinding, your balls probably undropped or maybe would... I don't know what happened there. But anyway, (laughs) again, listen, this week, guys, and this inspiration came from honestly playing a game of Yahtzee at Easter dinner Sunday night. I'm sitting around with family and uh, we're and we get on the subject of just some random commercials from back in the day. And while we're playing, while we're playing the game of Yahtzee, start next thing we know. Phones are blasting different commercials from back in the day. Like, oh, you remember this one? You remember this one? You remember this one? And I got to thinking, God, that would be fantastic to discuss this week. And obviously, we're gamers, so let's go ahead and get these out of the way. Obviously, these Genesis does what Nintendo don't commercial. That's absolutely classic. I know, Jared, you know, put your elitist nose up to that. But come on, we got a commercial that had Joe Montana, the guy, Buster Douglas, the man who knocked out Mike Tyson in his prime for the World Heavyweight Championship, and Michael freaking Jackson promoting their games. And the, we don't talk about that Michael Jackson game. It's not yeah. as bad as you remember, okay? It isn't, but... They're saving fucking kids. <laughs> listen, play the arcade version. It's a lot better. Regardless, the jingle, because that's, that's the big hook of commercials, are the jingles. It, or the or the one liners that get stuck in your head, and that one was obviously Genesis does what Nintendo. You know what I mean? So let's yeah. get that one out of the way. You also got I, the, the advertisement for Mortal Monday, Mortal Kombat. That commercial was yeah. iconic. The the one that's really kind of made for gaming is the commercial where uh, the bus drivers pick up all the Pokemon, drives to a place, goes, says, "I'll be right back," and then packs them into a Game Boy, and it's like uh, essentially it's. Yep. Like, you remember that one? Or that one that I one? don't. Like, it was a big selling point of like. I remember like, that one. It, like all these, all these monsters in your pocket. Essentially, what it was. I remember uh, same same road you went on, Byron, with Pokemon. Hey, you Pikachu, the N sixty four. I remember that oh, one. Oh god. Being... And the talking dog. Yep. <laughs> Neither of you guys have mentioned the amazing Super Smash Brothers commercial where they're. Singing so happy together. Yes, and it is like, like, crap like yeah. someone trips Mario and they start beating the shit out of each other. That's hilarious. Dude, that, that one was priceless. Uh, another one for me, Kingdom Hearts, is the one where it's like you see, like, you know, obviously the first song of Simple and Clean, and then it's like you never know who you're going to run into. That one was one I remember being constantly cycled on the Disney Channel. Now, not only do we have great ones for gaming, but also also when we were children, you have a lot of commercials with food items that are before targeted we, towards kids. Before we go any further, there's definitely one, it's not a video game, but a board game jingle to this day. Every 90s kid remembers. Crossfire. I didn't have to say it. <laughs> no, you don't. You no, do you don't. We, 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 we talked about this the other time, one time when we were talking about 
catchy theme songs in commercials mm-hmm. where it's like crossfire you'll get caught in it honestly for a game that's kind of flimsy like yeah. you talk about a commercial <laughs> that's more memorable than the actual game itself everybody wanted oh, it. dude but, but go, that, go to food. Go to food. That's a fantastic one. Now, the first one that immediately comes to mind for me as a kid, and this also shows how stupid kids can be, when you watch a commercial for Gushers and you see that the kid's head turns into the fruit flavor yes. that, hey, <laughs> your dumbass is thinking, my head's going to turn into a watermelon or a lemon. Uh, dude, one for me is the Campbell Soup commercial at wintertime where you yes, have I the kid that comes up snowman. That one there, and then the Capri Sun, where you have like the knockoff Silver Surfer, where you see him just yeah. like zooming across. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, airheads. Also, the, yeah, airheads. Airheads are out of control, man. Mentos, the fresh <laughs> thing, especially the jingle. Mentos will oh, literally have you thinking that you can accomplish anything in life just because you because you forgot to brush your teeth before you left the house. Uh, Pop dude, one the of those double mint twins. All, all yes, yeah, the double mint jingle. The <laughs> double mint jingle. Double mint gum. Oh my God! Uh, Teddy Grahams. About- I just want to eat those Teddy Grahams from the biscuit. Or, or the Simpsons Butterfinger commercials. How Bart Simpson was the face yes. of. Uh, no one better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. Yep. You've also and then, got. And then, I got. Uh, I got a finger yeah. BBs, Kyle. Butterfinger yes. BBs. Oh God! Whatever happened to those? They did. I don't know. Like in two thousand and four. I got also, for don't forget when the Flintstones became the faces of Fruity and Cocoa Pebbles, and they'd always you know. end tagline, Barney, my pebbles. Yeah, I, I go for you. Barney. My, my baloney has a first name. First name. Yeah, it was O-S-C-A-R, Oscar Mayer Wiener. Like, the Oscar Mayer commercials were so iconic. Then, again, Dude, let, let's iconic. talk about let's talk about fast food ones. The Burger King commercials from back in the day. The Kids Club commercials, the fucking Power Rangers one for McDonald's. You showed me that commercial actually. Uh, I had never heard of it before. I mean, did not remember seeing it. What, what's the most iconic thing you remember about McDonald's commercials back in the day? The one, the most iconic thing. Honestly, the Happy Meal commercials promoting toys. Not just That's that. What I remember. It's the most iconic thing about the '90s commercials for McDonald's that we don't see anymore, and it's kind of. Completely phased out. Well, Ronald McDonald, I remember Thanks. the Hamburglar stealing the one. He's just like, it's 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 Ronald McDonald actually being in the commercial. Ronald makes it magic. Yeah, and you don't see those characters in them anymore. Hamburglar, Grimace, Mayor McCheese, nope. nothing like that. You know, I miss that creativity in commercials these days. So Dude, really- the Disney the Disney cups at Burger King. You remember the commercials for that, where you had like That's the Lion good- King. And mm-hmm. those, and by God, when someone says break out the good, the good, uh, the good gl- drinking glasses, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Uh, drinking uh, wear right there. Also, yes, you is. mentioned Disney. Those commercials where you show the kids like getting surprised with being told they're going to Disney World. I love those. Yes. Oh, dude, you remember the wonderful little Disney on ABC on yes, Sunday nights? Yes. That was always another one you dialed in for. Uh, let's talk about Dunkaroos. Who remembers that one? Dunkaroos. Okay, just once again to clarify, and this is a shout out to my friend Becca. She she bought an entire like like massive pack of these things from Sam's Club. I still to this day have not had a Dunkaroo. Well, you're living life very short sighted. Apparently, so they're amazing. Dunkaroos were amazing. We sell them in uh, in the in the gro- in the uh, checkout aisles at uh, at work, and I I, th- I look at them and never never grab any. You gotta grab one like your next shift. You gotta grab one and try it. Like they'll change your life. They're they're a they'll wonderful thing to have. Dude, right. I'll tell you another thing. You guys remember the Lunchable commercials? Yes. No, actually, I don't. Do you remember? Do you remember when they introduced the uh like the big Lunchable uh? Oh sets? yeah. Like, we oh had like God, the breadsticks in there, yeah. Yeah, and the big pizzas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried those. My daughter loves the Lunchables, but the the pizza one she's not a fan of. I think it's just because of the you, uh, the, 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 the cracker crust. Man, no. It's, you know what? That was one of those thing. things as a kid that made you feel like you had money. Yeah, was when you had wrong. the pizza uh, Lunchable. Uh, here's the thing though: uh, you can actually make adult p- uh, uh, pizza Lunchables. All you need is mozzarella sauce. 
Mont- uh, uh, mar- marinara sauce. Marinara sauce. You better yeah. check yourself. Mozzarella cheese sauce. and uh, non bread. Actually, okay. yeah, that. Oh, that. Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah. That's a really good idea. That is literally an adult version of a lunchable pizza. Yeah, you 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 may have, you may have started something there, sir. Oh no, I didn't start this. I found this online. Dude, I got one for you. We we forgot one other game commercial. You guys remember the Zelda commercial when it came out for the Game Boy Advance where the guy's in the subway and the kid's playing the game and then the wizard appears and he's like, no, Hyrule! And then it takes it back to where it's linked to the past. No. Like, very faintly? Like, that was the one I always remembered. A lot of the gaming commercials I remember were primarily the Mortal Kombat advertisements because those were basically... That was basically the biggest you know, gaming announcement you can make every year in the 90s was the new Mortal Kombat game um, where you have Mortal Monday for the first one. The second commercial, honestly, is even better The third for Mortal Kombat 3. I think that was Mortal Friday in 94, I want to say. Um, Holy cow. Those were were amazing. And it just takes you back to a a simpler time. And I got another one that gets stuck in your ear. Ricola... Oh, I got a oh, McDonald's God. question for you guys. Shoot. Who remembers the McDonald's commercial where Larry Bird and Michael Jordan are playing horse for a Big Mac? Oh, that's classic. Yeah. And, it, oh, and, yeah. and, and the further the game gets, the more ridiculous shot attempts they, that they have to outdo each other in, like <laughs> off of skyscrapers and stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, uh, that's absolutely dope, man. You know. Whatever happened to, like, uh, like athletes, like, really being commer- like, uh, food commercials? I, I don't remember the most recent years it ever happening. Or at least uh, the, la- the last, the um, last, like especially NBA player, because uh, out of the out of the major sports leagues, no uh, athletes are their own are their own self promoters more than in the NBA. LeBron used to have his own ad campaign where it was like it was like a family of LeBrons. And it was for a Nike commercial, and like the the fancy bougie LeBron uh, jumped off of a high dive into a pool in a full suit and everything. The the, uh, the the one LeBron commercial I remember was back when he had this big deal with Sprite, lemon, lime, lemon, and like the Sprite, like the lemon and lime hit him in the face. Yeah. He, he recently did one with his current self talking to his 18 year old self yep. right before he uh, declared for the NBA draft. And like, I've know, seen that one. Like 20, like talking to himself 20 years later. It's, 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 uh, that one's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you, you know, they kind of distance themselves from fast food and stuff, though, man. It's not as. Mm-hmm. it's not as prevalent anymore and i think that's i think it's just the times we're in they pretty much want to distance themselves from unhealthy food and oh stuff. Perhaps, we forgot yeah, we forgot it we forgot a fast food one how could we forget this one shoot taco bell chihuahua oh yeah Yo quiero taco, taquito bell. taco bell yeah the chihuahua yeah the uh, taco bell oh, chihuahua and, and like also, how they're they're giving away the little plushies the budweiser lizards budweiser cores <laughs> do you remember so that Mr. Wall commercial? Many fantastic yeah. memories. And of course, you can look these up anytime on YouTube. Like people have made compilation videos of memorable '90s commercials. They're they're dude, all the halls commercials, dude. The pep talk and every drop. Ta 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 tums. Yeah, I remember those as well. And also, dude, also, special, also a special <laughs> shout out to. Uh, to uh, Keystone Light for the bitter beer face commercials. Stone. Keith Stone. Ironic. Oh my God, Keith Stone. I remember that. <laughs> and also, hey, you know what? We're, for, we're probably forgetting the 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 Mount Ru- the biggest uh, face of the Mount Rushmore of 90s commercials. The Slims and Ra- Macho Man Slim Jims. Snap oh to a Slim God. Jim. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to attempt to do that voice right now. But you're absolutely right, and the fact that his that he's that his estate is still making, uh, I don't even I can't even imagine how much money nowadays because now they have these savage sized Slim Jims that are bigger than the monster Slim Jims, and it has his face on it. Man, I think about guys. That. It, it's crazy to think like what was a normal back then. It's just commercials just aren't the same. They're not like nah. I, I can't think of any real commercial nowadays. Like the only thing because of mine that really sticks out in my mind is uh the two that stick in my mind in the most recent days was 
when you had the uh, Old Spice commercial guy. Terry Crews. No. Oh, the yeah. One before yeah. Him. The one before him. The one or on the... Now you see me. Now I'm on a horse. Now oh, I'm that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, then you also, uh, oh, I just had it. Uh, messing with Sasquatch, Slim Jims. Remember those? Yeah. Also, don't forget the Geico Cavemen. The, uh, the, the Geico, Geico Cavemen. Yeah. They actually got their own sitcom, like, like, a, like a TV show out of that. Think, think about how yeah, insane dude. that is. It is pretty wild. And then, of course, you got to think about all the TV personalities. Obviously, the gecko from Geico. The Aflac duck. Well, we don't have. God damn it. I, I know it's kind of. It's it's a. It is what it is. Because uh, he's dead, but still. Like, it's. it's well, I'll say this. It's still this day is there. You know, the cool I thing was about to say is the original. What are you wearing, Jake, from State Farm? Khakis. Khakis. She uh, sounds hideous. Well, <laughs> well she's a guy. That's the coolest thing about these commercials is that they have little catchphrases or little uh, jingles. They get stuck in your head forever. And you'll occasionally think about it and, um, you know, it takes you back to a happier time. And that, then that's the cool thing. And that, as always, that's what we're all about is just trying to take you back to a simpler time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And just give you kind of a piece of where we all came from. I mean, that, that's the thing here. We like to talk about the good old days and we like to talk about things that interest us that are kind of coming back. And, you know, we want to talk about things that, you know, obviously people don't think of sometimes, but still kind of fits in that wheelhouse of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. What's well, old as Guys, that, and ex- exactly, guys. I think it's been a hell of a week. What do you think? Oh yeah, and I'm I'm excited for next week because for first time in years, your boy is gonna play in a match at the Gathering pre-release this weekend. So I actually get for my get actual hard like actual cards in my hand instead of digital. Uh, I was about to say, actually, I thought you were going to say, I get something hard in my hand. I was like, damn it, Byron. Oh. We can't talk about that here. <laughs> no, so I, I definitely plan on next week. My Nerdgasms actual... everywhere. <laughs> Nerdgasm. <laughs> oh, God. You should really think of Power Thirst. Ah, yeah. Hey, there, no, that's amazing. Okay, before we go, okay. I remember watching that at uh, at a college dorm up at Three Rivers, and I swear on everything, I still to this day have never laughed so hard in my entire life. <laughs> what damn. about my blue collar, Juice Springsteen? Oh, man, babies. <laughs> 400 babies. God. <laughs> now, folks, oh, before goodness. we squirrel down the rabbit hole any further. Yes, before I we think do. It's not, <laughs> uh, uh, Kyle, I think it's your turn to say goodbye and farewell. <laughs> Until next week. So long, farewell. Avidar saying adieu. Uh, thanks, everyone, for checking us out this week. And uh, we'll see you next week for another Beards, Brews, and Bros for Jared, Byron, and myself. Be kind and always rewind, and we will see y'all this time next week. Have a good week, guys. See you next week, folkies.